0: I am always glad to be here. Uh, It's a joy. And today I have already enjoyed, through the halls of our building, uh, fellowship. I even have to recognize the fact that I met some other folks from Texas today. And they're visiting, and these three lovely folks right down here on the fourth row, that's Becky and Zelda and Timothy. And they even know where the Trinity River is. Because, let's see, Timothy was from Dallas, and that's on the eastern side of the Trinity, I mean, on the Trinity, and Becky is from Fort Worth, which is on the western side. And so, but they got together anyway, and the, these folks. Uh, are visiting with us today, and it was good to meet y'all. We welcome you, and we are a part of God's family. And we're going to talk about how we got there today. But I want you to remember, those of you that have been here for the last few weeks, we've been in a series that I chose to call Following Jesus. Now, I saw somewhere this past week that uh, I was going to conclude my series on following Jesus. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, (laughs) because that's in the Lord's hands. And the fact is, I want to say to you and to me and to all of us that, to be honest, I never want us to conclude our thoughts about following Jesus, because that's the very foundation of us being Christian men and women is to follow him and to learn more and to be disciples and to grow and to be sanctified and to be servants and to be all those things that we talk about. So I just want to remind you, go back with me just a little bit, because we started several weeks ago with those simple words that Jesus said to those fishermen beside the lake. And he invited them to come and follow him. That was a calling, an invitation, a choice. He chose them to be his disciples. And he invited them. And then he promised them something. What did he promise them? I will make you fishers of men. That was a promise. Now, remember, we do declare, and it is true that Jesus, God, is the same yesterday, today and forever. And so sitting right here, some 2,000 plus years after that seaside calling and invitation from Jesus to his disciples, he still says the same thing to you and me. And if you don't believe that, please come talk to me after we get through today because I believe that. Come and follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And we decided we were going to talk about following him and we've looked at him for several weeks we've looked at his instructions we've looked at some of his miracles we've looked at some of his past experiences even in the Old Testament we have understood I hope and responded I trust to some of his commands now sometimes and I've said to you for me for you Commands are tough because they require submission and sacrifice and obedience and all of those things. Yet, we do call him Master, Lord, King, don't we? Now, do you understand that that's not politically correct? (laughs) You know, this world says, well, now, we don't need any masters. We're all equal. We're on the same plane. Well, not with Jesus, although he gives us that plane on which to stand. But we do honor him as Lord and Master. And so in my mind, that gives him the right to give me commands. I hope in your mind, he's paid the price. He has honored you and me. He has given us Not just life, but eternal life. And so when we say master and Lord, that means that he can command us. And I want you to remember some of those commands because, you know, the Pharisee asked him, Master, what is the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with mind, heart, soul, and strength and love your neighbors yourself. So love. And did he say that often? As a command, yes. He said, we're to love each other the same way that he loved us. And please remember, that was the night before he was crucified. When he said, you love each other the same way I've loved you, and by that people will know that you are my disciples. And he says, we're to serve each other. In fact, he had just washed their feet. Humble servant that Jesus was. He commanded us to enter the narrow gate. Now that's a simple little statement in the Sermon on the Mount, but that was a command. It wasn't if you choose to, or if it suits you, then go through the narrow gate. He said, enter the narrow gate. He said, you're to be the light of the world. I would ask myself and ask you, are we doing that? Are we following the commands? And then as he got ready to leave this earth, he gave us that thing we call the Great Commission. He said, all authority is given me in heaven and earth. And therefore go. That's a command. Therefore go and make disciples. That's a command. Make disciples of all nations and baptize them. That's a command. And teach them everything that I have taught you. That's a command. And that short couple of verses in the twenty eighth chapter of Matthew, four commands. My question to us is do we respond? I want you to think about that. Do you respond? And then, he said, just as he was getting ready to ascend into heaven, he said, you will be my witnesses. That's a command. Again, he's master and Lord. He did not say maybe. He did not say, and I emphasize this, he did not say, try to be my witnesses. (laughs) did he no folks i don't like the word try when it comes to our christian life i don't want us i don't believe god wants us to try aren't we glad that jesus didn't just try to come to earth he said i'm going to earth i've got a purpose and i'm going because i love my people So, we have talked about following Jesus and following his commands and allowing him to be master and Lord. Now, today we're going to talk about something that's absolutely the result of all of that and the necessity in all of that because we are not on an equal plane with Jesus Christ or Almighty God. And yet, Today, we're going to talk about reconciliation, which puts us in proper relationship with our Heavenly Father. Now, without this reconciliation, we might as well stop right there with our Christian life, our discipleship, because we've got to have reconciliation. Why? And in fact, what is reconciliation? Reconciliation is when two opposite places... Our opposite people come together in some sort of agreement where they can operate in union, in unity. That is reconciliation. And so, what happens? We have Almighty God, Jesus Christ, perfection, sinless. And we have me and you, sinful. So, how do we take care of that? (laughs) We have this perfect perfection God, and we have the flawed person that I am, or you are. So where's reconciliation in that? I will tell you right here at the outset of my statements that reconciliation, I would say, is the primary message of Jesus Christ. He came here to say to you and me, you can be reconciled to Almighty God, your Heavenly Father. How and why? Not because you're good. (laughs) Not because of anything that I can do or you can do. No. It's because of what he has already done. We can be reconciled. Now, we've looked at this passage of scripture in the fifth chapter of uh, 2 Corinthians, but right now, I want to go to the fifth chapter of Romans for just a minute. I'm going to ask that we put that on the screen and look at this passage in Romans 5. And just read it with me. I'm going to sit here for just a couple of minutes, and then we're going to deal deeply with 2 Corinthians 5. But this says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners... Christ died for us. Now stop right there. Let that soak in. It does not say when you got it all together. It does not say when you were a good man, a good woman. It does not say when you got your sin straightened out. It does not say any of that. It says while we were still sinners. This is the reconciliation because we are sinners The Bible tells us that. We believe that. And if you pay attention to you and I pay attention to me, then we are sinners. But while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And it goes on to say, since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? And going on, it says, yes, there. For if while we were God's enemies, stop right there. Are you an enemy to God? No, my goodness. But, Pastor, I'm sitting here in church. <laughs> I love being in church. I don't want to admit that I'm an enemy to my Heavenly Father. And I, I support that. I'm glad that's our, our goal But the fact is, we are still sinners for all of sin and fallen short of the glory of God. And so that has made us, particularly in the past before Jesus Christ, and I trust that everybody in here has Jesus Christ in their life. But before Jesus Christ, we were enemies. We were opposed to the truth of Almighty God. But while we were God's enemies... We were reconciled. There's our key word. There is that fact that he came to draw us into proper relationship. Even while we were yet sinners. Remember that. While we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. How much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? We have been reconciled and now our salvation is worked out in sanctification as we follow him throughout life. And we will be saved through his life. Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now, I'm going to stop there because I want you to look very carefully at the next two words. We have received reconciliation. Now, why do I want you to look at that? Because that indicates that reconciliation is a gift. Now, I love gifts. I love mostly spiritual gifts, emotional gifts, and relational gifts. Yeah, if you want to give me something nice, that's okay. But, I mean, a a material kind of thing. But I love spiritual gifts, emotional gifts, and relational gifts. And this is a deep Significant spiritual gift because we have now received. Now, I hope that is true for you. Now, it is absolutely a fact through the presence and the gift of Jesus Christ. He has given the gift. But my question to you is have you received it? Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. Have you? That's between you and the Lord, but he gives the gift. But if you say, well, no, I'm not worthy of it, or no, I'm just not any good, or, or no, I'm afraid of that gift, Lord. I, I'm afraid if I receive your reconciliation, you're going to ask me to do something that I don't really want to do. Or We have all sorts of things that we do to sort of block receiving that gift. Do you understand the gift this is the foundation. I said a, minute, a moment ago that this is one of the primary messages from Jesus Christ to reconcile the world to Him. So please receive, reach out and grasp, take the gift that Jesus offers. Now let's go to the 2nd Corinthians 5th chapter. We want to sit here for a little bit longer, maybe an hour and a half, two hours, something like that. You guessed, I'm just joking, okay? But I want us to take it in very carefully because here's that statement. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, the new is here. We've talked about that the last two or three weeks. That is established. That is a fact. That is part of God's gift through Jesus Christ. If anyone in here is in Christ, you are a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. That's part of the gift. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. Now, here we are again, but this next phrase is very important to where we've got to go with this, what we've got to do with this. Because this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Oh, my. Yes, it is a gift. Yes, it is thrilling. Yes, it is putting us in proper relationship with Almighty God, our Heavenly Father. But it gives us also the ministry of reconciliation. Now, what does ministry mean? It means service. You and I are to serve. We're to serve based on all of this that we've been talking about, all of this following Jesus, all of this gift, all of the the freedom, the saving the forgiveness. That is just the foundation for you and me as men and women committed to Jesus Christ through our Christian faith for us to go and serve. Now, I will have to say to you as we sit here in this wonderful church and gathering for worship here on Sunday morning that one of the best vehicles for service is the local church. And King's Grant, I visited with people I do on Saturday. I love it. And yesterday I was sitting with one of the couples really active in our church, very involved with our youth, and they were talking about King's Grant being a missional church. They were excited. I'm excited about the fact that in the past and now and in the future, King's Grant is a missional church. That means that we are on mission. We are moving. We want to move. We're going to move because we have been given the ministry, the the calling to serve with the objective being to share the reconciliation of Jesus Christ with other people. Let's go on through this passage of scripture. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, now not counting people's sins against them there it is again do you know the gift of that you you don't have to account for your sins it says not counting people's sins against them why do we not have to count account for our sins now yes we need to repent yes we need to confess yes we need to seek the lord's forgiveness but once that is established The slate is clear. The charges are dismissed because he does not count your sins, my sins against us as his people. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. All right? We have the ministry of reconciliation and and we have the message. Is that the same thing? No. Now, service, yes. Being available, moving in and through the Lord's guidance, yes. And that's all very good. And we sometimes you can serve without saying a word. But can you give a message without saying a word? Ah. Now, yes, you can show the message. You can demonstrate love and compassion. You can demonstrate acceptance. You can ex- demonstrate good relationship, yes. But we have said, I will say, I say to myself, I say to you, that a message, if this, or since this is saying we have been given this message of reconciliation, a message is what? Words. It is a statement. What are we supposed to give as a message of reconciliation? The gospel. Now what is the gospel? The gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. Where you sit with somebody and you tell them about the joy and the freedom of the love of Jesus Christ. And the fact that he forgives our sins and the message is that they can be free from their sin. Now, we talk about evangelism. We must talk about evangelism. I have said that for all of us that is a weak area. And I will still say that and we have we're called, we're led, we're con- convicted if you will use that word to be evangelist. And that means this ministry of reconciliation, but also the message of reconciliation. Because when we sit and talk to somebody and tell them the story, what a story it is about Jesus Christ, about coming here, leaving his heavenly home to come here for out of love, to teach, to demonstrate, to be an example, then to go to the cross. To give his life in sacrifice. Because he loves you. He loves those that we're giving this message to. And then. In death. He didn't stay there. <laughs> okay. What a story. And sometimes in myself and in you and in us. Are we afraid to share that story? Yes. No. No. I hope we will shake our head. No, but yet we're timid. Satan loves timidity, okay? God loves boldness in his spirit. And we're to be bold when we share the message of reconciliation. Going on, we're therefore Christ ambassadors. Think about for, for a moment, what is an ambassador? How many of y'all used to be in Royal Ambassadors in the Baptist Church? Raise your hand if... Yeah? Okay? There are a few of us that remember that. (laughs) This was a a mission organization way back, and we were taught we're to be ambassadors for Jesus Christ from this passage of Scripture right here. I was there, and I remember it. And what is an ambassador? He speaks or she speaks on behalf... Of the kingdom. If you're an ambassador in politics or ambassador in the world, you're going for another nation or our nation and you're going to speak on behalf. Well, we're ambassadors for the kingdom of God through Jesus Christ. And that's what it says. We're therefore Christ's ambassadors as though we were making his appeal through us. Now, again, I want you to look at scripture. That's why we're doing this. And I want you to think about as though we were making, he was making his appeal through us. God himself was speaking through you and you and you and you and you and me that God would enter in our minds and in our spirits and share this message of reconciliation. Reconciliation share and move us in this ministry of reconciliation this is what this is saying we are to be reconciled we're to operate in reconciliation now i'm going to do something a little different here as we move toward conclusion now don't leave please we're not we're not through yet I want you to think, I want you to practice, I want you to act, if you will, on what Scripture is teaching us here. We're going to go over a song, and we're going to sing this song. It is a beautiful, powerful, old hymn. This was written by a man by the name of B.B. McKinney. Now, folks in Texas have heard a lot about B.B. McKinney because he was at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Yeah, that's where I went to school for seven seven years, and I loved it. Well, B.B. McKinney was head of the music department. He was head of the Sunday School Board and Southern Baptist Convention. He was a great hymn writer, musician, and he wrote... This powerful song. Wherever he leads, I'll go. Now, I want to tell you a little quick story about how he wrote this. Uh, he had a good friend. S.R. Jones was the man's name. And they were visiting one day. And Mr. Jones had been a missionary in Brazil for 10 years. Had He and his wife and family had committed their life to mission work in Brazil. And now... Mr. Jones was ill, had some health issues, and had come back from the mission field, and the doctors told him he could not go back. Broke his heart, Mr. Jones, devastated, because his physical health was not going to allow him to go back to the mission fields. B.B. McKinney was having lunch with Mr. Jones, and was sharing, and Mr. Jones was sharing this with Mr. McKinney, and Mr. McKinney asked Mr. Jones, what will you do? Where will you go? And Mr. Jones said one phrase, wherever he leads, I'll go. And that afternoon, B.B. B. McKinney wrote this hymn. And that evening, <laughs> in a gathering of Christian people, B.B. B. McKinney introduced this hymn and sang it for the first time. In 1936, somebody do the math. I think that was 87 years ago, long time ago. Now, I love music. I love some of the old hymns. I want them to be done with power. I love contemporary music. I love some of what we do here. I just love music that worships the Lord. But now, what does this hymn do? Now, I'm going to read some of it to you here for a moment. Well, it's on the screen. Let's just read it on the screen. Take up that cross and follow me, I heard my master say. I gave my life to ransom the the surrender your all today. Wherever he leads, I'll go. Wherever he leads, I'll go. I'll follow my Christ who loves me so. Wherever he leads, I go. Now, let me say something here for just a second. I want you to think about the, the term wherever. Now, I think about another term that's very akin to this, and it's whatever. I will tell you that when I pray about a decision or I pray about seeking the Lord, if I'm doing it right, the first thing that I say to my Heavenly Father is, Lord, I will do whatever you tell me to do. Now here, the first thing that you and I need to do is we need to say, we will go and do wherever you tell me to go. So this is what this is saying. Now, we're going to sing this hymn in just a moment. We're going to sing it as a hymn of commitment. Now, I'm pausing for a moment because I want you to think about the term wherever. This is not saying, Lord, I'll go wherever you tell me as long as I'm ready to go there. <laughs> or, Lord, I'll go there if it fits my life schedule. Or, Lord, I'll, I'll go there if, if you'll make it convenient for me. No. No. That's not what Jesus asked. That's what we desire Yeah, I think you want to serve the Lord, or you wouldn't be sitting here this morning. But I really want to ask you if you're committed to the reconciliation of God, to being ministers and message bearers of the message of reconciliation, then I want to ask you to believe and to say genuinely. Lord, I'll go wherever you lead me to go. Now, it's up to you. I'm not going to come around and see if you're singing this song. We're going to sing all four verses. Sometimes we sing two verses. Sometimes we sing three. All four verses because there's a message in every one of the verses. And we may even sing it again if you do it real well. Or we may sing it again if you do it poorly. I want us to take in this as a statement of commitment to this whole business of following Jesus. And so I'm asking you not just to sing this as a closing hymn. Yes, it is an invitation. Yes, if you want to make a decision. Yes, if you want to join this good church, come and talk to me, please. Yes, if you want to rededicate your life, I'll be glad to stand here at the front And pray with you. If you want to talk to me afterwards I'll be glad to meet with you I will be glad to listen to you talk with you, pray with you yes it is an invitation but it is a statement of commitment if we're going to say that we'll listen to him when he says take up your cross and follow me and then we say wherever he leads I'll go that is a statement of your commitment To whom? To Jesus Christ. Not to the church. Not to Pastor Don. But to Jesus Christ. You understand what I'm asking you to think? Pray. Consider. Yes. Let's stand and sing all four verses. Of wherever he leads, I'll go. Jesus, we sing that to you. Our prayer is is that that will be the commitment of each man and each woman that has just sung this beautiful hymn, and that we will follow you, our Christ, our Master, our Lord, because of your love, because of reconciliation, because you are Jesus. We thank you. And it's in your wonderful name that we pray. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed.